Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, so like Harry Mays is out, and so they call him Mariano Rivera because... He's got to be here with Barrett Brooks in the middle here, so we got to call in. We got to call him in. <laughs> call in, man. Get the right hander in, dude. <laughs> hey, man, it's so good to see you and everybody joining us here on this Thanksgiving week, man. I mean, I couldn't wait to do this. They asked me to do this yesterday, and I saw some of your comments that you were making about the old line that the Eagles and their performance that they had this past weekend. But man, I'll tell you what, that's another story, but. I had to really think about doing it because you know what I was doing today? I was working on my 20-pound turkey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I mean, I'm, I'm going to get into Eagles here in a minute, but, uh, brother, I got, I, I got to tell you, man, I said, hey, so you're trying to tell me, hang on here, man, you don't have it. I got into it with the delivery person, too. I said, right. do I, do, Barrett, do I look like a 15-pound turkey, man? I, I, right. I'm a 20-pounder. <laughs> it, it don't even, it, it can't even come through the door unless it's 20 pounds, man. You know, Absolutely, mine is 22. <laughs> mine is 22 pounds. Absolutely, man. I had to get there like three weeks in advance. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, and my wife's stuffing too. I said, please, man. You know, I she goes like this too. What kind of you, you a slice of pie too? And I go, no, no, uh, honk. Right, seals don't have slices. <laughs> Guys like Barrett Brooks and myself, we 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 have like honks. Okay, yo, so. look at this, man. My um, when um when I like my my fourth year, my third or fourth year in the league, man. All the young guys. We used to invite them to my house, you know, because they didn't have, you know, they, they're up there. They didn't really have anywhere to go, you know, family, you know, and I was married, you know. So I tell them, come by my house. Well, um, <laughs> be all them guys, B-Doc, all those guys come up when I was playing with the Eagles. And then, uh, you know, at the time, we made like eight sweet potato pies. I mean, like oh. eight of them, you know. And we turn around and, and Hollis Thomas, he comes. So he comes up after he gets through crushing like four or five plates of food. At the end, you know, so everybody, you know. Um, we appreciate you coming by. So I look over at Hollis. Hollis had taken a pie. And you know the, you know, and you know the, 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 the. It's not. It's like the, the, the aluminum that you could, you know, you put and make those pies in. He takes it and he and he does like this. He folds the pie in half, and he and he, he crinkles up the pie pan, you know, and and he's biting. He's eating it like a, a taco, bro. He ate the whole pie like a taco, 
And I just sat there in amazement and watched him, man. I'm like, I was jealous. I didn't think about that. You know, I didn't think of that, man. He hey, folds man. the pie in half and, and crinkles back the aluminum, and he's crushing the pie like a, a taco, bro. It was, hey. it was, man, it was, it was crazy. It was hey, crazy. The only other guy I've ever seen do something like that was Nate. Nate, Nate, we, we go out, we're at Thousand Oaks, right? And we, we're out there and we're at some steak place. And I, I'm sitting with Nate, and Nate gets done eating this giant steak. He goes, damn. I can eat another 16-ouncer. And on the wall, <laughs> on the wall, it's like, if you can eat a 32-ouncer, Nate goes like this, well, give me two of them things, man. So they just wolf them things down. I've never seen a bigger eater in my life than Nate Newton. That bro could play, man. I love that guy here. <laughs> Great let's dude. get into the O-line, man. I want, I, I, I'm want. i dying to ask you, man. I mean, you know, at the beginning of the year, Barrett, I had Gary Cobb on uh, on Monday, and he and I were saying this. I have never in my life seen a team transform in front of me like this from the beginning of the first quarter of the season to where they are now. I've never seen a team find its identity, change it, trying to go through the, the ups and downs. I mean, they're, they're one of the hottest teams right now. That offensive line is now the key to the success of this team making it to the postseason. No What's question. been the difference, you think? You know what? The difference is – you know, the whole identity changed when personnel allowed it to change. Now, we remember when we first started out the first game, they could run just about anything with that offensive line. They had Brooks. They had Lane, uh, Jordan Malata. They had Sayamalu, you know, and, and Kelsey. They could run anything. But then, you know, once once Brooksy went down, he was gone. And then Malata got hurt, and they brought in Dillard. Well, number one, you're not running the ball with Dillard. Dillard is just not one of those guys that he's physical enough to run. Now, he could pass block his ass off, but he's not physical enough to really go out there and oppose his will on the, as being a run-dominant guy. So he was out. Of, he was in there. That makes running the ball out of the equation. So you couldn't run the RPOs and everything. Everything just went to hell. Also, you had Zach Ertz, who was playing 60% of the time. You know, So me and my, me and my producer were talking about this. Ertz is not an inline blocker. He can't block the run. So with him being in there and, and having sixty percent of the reps, he's Dallas like Goddard Jason. He's like Jason Garrett, right, Barrett? Like right. that kind of guy. Yes, yes. So he's not gonna. So he they can't run the Brock with those two guys in the personnel. So once they turn around, they uh they get um Dillard out of there. They then put in Jordan Malanda in his natural position. Then you have a a, a corn fed, you know, big offensive tap. I mean, offensive guard, and and, and you know. In the left guard, now he's in there. Now, now you got you know a, a, a real run blocking left guard in there. Not say Omala, but a real run blocking left guard. Now you can run the rock. Now you have over seven hundred pounds on just that left side, and then you add Dallas Goddard to the scene. So now you have Dickerson, you have Malata, and you have Diller. I mean um, Dallas Goddard there. You can run block on anybody with just those three. Lane Johnson gets healthy, comes back, and now he's cool. You got, um, you know, an offensive line now that's catered to running the ball. So now you have the personnel to do it. Then you activate, you know, a, a, another run, a runner. It just put them in a great position to now run the ball with the addition of the running backs and addition of the offensive line being together with that tight end. It just gave you a better sense of, and of all right, this is my personnel that I can do this with. Why are you having a 385-pound uh, offensive tackle to six foot eight? Pass blocking. It just doesn't make sense to me. You know, he's going backwards. Let him go forward. 
you know, let the laws of physics take, take, you know, take form, you know, allow that inertia to go one way instead of backing up. It just gives you better, you know, Dermot Dickerson double team somebody, they're double team. Believe that. Yeah, no, no, no doubt, man. I, I, I think you're right on with this thing here, too. And I'll tell you something about the coaching staff. And, you know, when you're in the locker room and you have a brand new coach, I'm, I'm going to give you a point here, too. My 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 year in Dallas, when when Jimmy came in and they had just gotten rid of Coach Landry, there were guys in that locker room that were going, college coach, man, this guy doesn't know this. He doesn't new newbie guy. I don't know, because you have to have really blind faith in that locker room that yes. these coaches are going to put you in a position to win and to convince a veteran guy like yourself who's a 10-year dude plus, and you're sitting there going, I don't know, man, I don't know. But what these coaches did, you know, running the ball only seven times, Barrett, two times at the beginning oh, of the year. That was a trap. What those guys did was they went, okay, let's go to the strength of this team. Last game they ran it 50 times. I think what they did in that locker room, they galvanized it because yep. they said if those coaches are willing enough to change and to adapt and to go to our strengths and listen to us, that's going to bring the locker room together. And you saw a lot of on the side there, you know, when a guy hit his quarterback, he picked him up, he's pushing guys. Guys are now fighting for each nah, other. Nah, nah. It's a great attitude to nah, have. Nah. And when you play like this, right, you build a toughness up around you. Yep. Yeah, well, you know Dan, you're absolutely right, man, because just to be honest, I only saw one guy fight for Carson, and that was the bodyguard. Wow. You know, JP, JP was JP would fight for any quarterback, you know what I'm saying? But other than everybody coming up and, and, and helping up, they never helped up, you know, Carson. And that's just because he didn't have the he didn't have the right, you know, um personality for that team. There's nothing wrong with Carson. Carson, he's not he's not a bad dude, but it's like if you weren't, if you weren't um, tied in with his faith, then he really didn't have anything to say to you. He really didn't know how to to to, to really talk to you or or or, or be around you. So you if think you, his personality got in the way of connecting with? It his absolutely teammates? did. It absolutely did. So it was a strong you know locker room because they had veteran players there, and that's the reason why they had the success they did. Because when they won the Super Bowl, he wasn't necessarily a guy that they were leaning on to really be that type of guy. You know, they they were they had a strong, strong base of guys like, you know, Chris Long, uh, Jason Peters. You know, all they could they could handle, you know, his personality or lack thereof personality because they were older players. So, you know, that's how they were able to get past that and play for each other. Once that, you know, that that mainstay, that main group of guys left the um left the locker room and they didn't have anybody else like, you know, like 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 even Malcolm Jenkins to really hold it together. That's why it fell apart as fast as it fell apart. Well, now they have a different type of um, you know mindset in that locker room where, all right, they have a, a, a quarterback that can galvanize this team. You know, his ability to be not just a good player, but his ability to, to, to bring guys together, man, they trust him. They trust he's going to do what he's going to do. They trust what he says. And plus he has a personality that you cling to. And that's why they're beginning to start to get the success and believe not only their coaching staff, but believe in Hurts. They they believe in him. And you see Jordan Malata. Jordan Malata, from that point on, when he pushed him out of bounds, from that point on, he made it his personal vendetta to whoop, uh, what's his name, Davenport's ass every single play he could. He was following him to make sure he knew that he was not pleased the way he touched his quarterback. And once you get four or five nasty guys like that on an offensive line, 
it's over now. Oh, it, 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 it's you, over you, now. You, just it's like that like, line you were, you, you saw it with Nate Newton, Mark Tuane, Eric Williams, Larry. Those guys were nasty individuals, bro. And when you play against a line like that, it's like having one hand tied behind your back because <laughs> right. you know what they're hey, you know what they're saying. Hey, I don't care what you do. I'm running right here off tackle. I'm running right here in the A gap, and I'm gonna tell you something. I don't care what you think you're gonna do. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're gonna run it down your throat. You know, you brought something up that's really something that I've been thinking about with Jalen. We're gonna start talking about him here in a second too. And I'm gonna go like this to you, man. Maybe his experience at Alabama. And his experience at Oklahoma, what he went through last year watching the locker room and how, like you said, it was divided. The Wentz people, maybe the people, like you said, weren't weren't following Wentz. This guy has been conditioned with that intangible. Where every place he walks into, Barrett, they look to him. And he's one of those guys. You know what I'm talking about. There's certain guys that walk into a room. You, you're attracted to him because exactly. there's leadership there. And then when you start winning, hey, man, this kid here, this is what I said, and I, I don't know where you are on this, but I'm sold on him, and I'll tell you why. It may not be conventional. Seven-step drop, you know, you know where he is as an old lineman. You know, you know he's in the pocket. He is a 2.0 version, in my opinion, of what they're doing in Baltimore. Yes. Is it conventional? No. Does he need to work on his deep pass? Does he need to work on his progressions? Barrett, those are all things young players still develop. Brady, Patrick Mahomes said it this year. I'm now learning how to read defenses better because Andy Reid is showing me. Remember when Michael Vick came to Philly? He said yes. the number one thing that, that Andy Reid did for him was he taught him how to play the position. So if you could keep teaching him, get him the reps. As you know, getting the reps is the key to this whole thing. You get the reps here. I got to tell you, man, you got 11 draft choices next year. You're going to be 50 million under the cap. I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm, and get this. You owe the kid 3.6 million bucks over the next two years. This is how Seattle and this is how New England were built because you were able to get the Cam Chancellors to pay the Richard Sherman nah, nah, in nah. Seattle. Exactly. Exactly. How do you You're, feel? You think he's the guy? I think that he's a guy, but not not just because of what he's doing right now, but his ability to galvanize that locker room. We talk about intangibles. Okay, he can run the ball. He's a great athlete. He's strong as an ox. So what makes him a good player is his ability to, to, to have guys rally around him, to play for him. That's his business, biggest attribute. And, he's, and he's, he's a gifted player as far as athleticism, but he can also throw the ball. Look at his progression now. Yeah. Okay, he threw the ball 20-something times, and that's it. But what, look at the quality of passes that he threw. You know, you're talking about a guy now. I say, all right, then you need me to sit back to read the defense. Oh, I'm going to do that. So now his progression goes from one, two, three, and then he goes and runs if there's nobody else open. That's that's something that, you know, that you coached him to do. You coached him to read the defense. You coached him to wait for, for routes to develop. All right, when they didn't develop, now I can go run too. And that's something you could, you know, for a defensive – I mean, you know what it is to be a defensive lineman. And you have a guy, you've rushed the passer perfectly. You stayed in your lane. You're at home. But all of a sudden, he still has the ability to make you look crazy and get away from you and outrun you to the corner. It's not like you got, you know, a, a Tom Terrific back there who's slow as pond water. This kid can really pick him up and put him down. That's the intangible that he can he, he brings to the table. He can read defenses. He's learning to read defense. He's learning to go through progressions. And he also can get out of danger with his legs. That's hard. That's really, really hard to play against, man. 
Absolutely. And you know what? And, and like you said, I think the reason that this is all opening up for him is because they're really with an emphasis on the running game, because when you're doing that, the lanes are more open. And man, like you said, when he broke those dudes ankles on that 30 yard <laughs> TD run, man, I'm like this. The reason that that's open like that is because they're so dominant at the point of attack. And I'll tell you something, a Dennis Allen defense, that's that's Saints defense. And the D coordinator, Dennis Allen, they were only surrendering 73 yards a game going into that? that Eagle game. And they put up 240, over 240 yards on them on the ground. Dude, I'll tell you, when you're you know doing what that stuff, is? that's crazy great. That's that's the progression of this offensive, this offensive coach and the offensive mindset, understanding that, all right, then, okay, I'm not going to look at the statistics. Forget the statistics. We're talking about, you know, going against a defense that's ranked number one against the run. I don't care. It's a bunch of nameless jerseys, uh, faces and helmets I can't see. I don't care who you got out there. When I played with the Steelers, it did not matter what, who, how, or anything was on the field. We didn't care about that. We didn't care who was on the field. We were going to do what we were going to do. It didn't matter if you had anybody else over there. We didn't care about what they were doing. We were going to do and take care of what we take care of. We were going to come off the rock, hit you in the mouth, and run the ball. If we needed a first down and, it, and we had to have it, we bring in Jerome Bettis. He'll give us the first down. We just knew that we can go out there and do things like that. Well, this this coach staff starting to think the same thing on the offensive side of the ball. We can run the ball three times and get a first down. We know we can get three here. We'll get six here, and we'll go get five here. That's a first down. And when you have that ability, that's the best defense against the uh, opposing offense because now you're on the field more than the, than than their offense is. Time now you have the ability to score more than that offense does because they're sitting on the sideline, and it becomes infectious, man. Because when you run in a rock like that and you're hitting them, and them defensive linemen starting to get up slower and slower, not only are you you know imposing your will on that defense, but you look at the sideline. Watch the sideline next oh, yeah. game. Watch how Deflating. that defense they up. They're looking up like. Oh, 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 look yeah. at that double team there. Oh, he got yeah. put on his back. They're yeah. looking at that, and they're getting hyped too, and they're ready to go out there like some crazed dogs and play just as hard as that offense is because now they want to go make plays and show the offense up. Absolutely, man. It, it's, 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 it's imposing your will. And, you know, you brought something up else about, about Jalen too. You know, I'm starting to think, and maybe, you know what, I think you even hit this too, man, is that, you know, Wentz, because I've talked to Frank. I talked to Frank right the other day. He said, Carson's really playing well, and he is playing well. I mean, they blew the doors off of the Bills this past weekend. But, you know, what you said, Barrett, it just seems to me that Carson has to be coddled more. And where yes. Jalen doesn't have to be coddled more. Look at the look at the crap that he has taken in the first quarter poll of the season. Right. Everyone's <laughs> saying, this guy sucks. He's not the guy. He's not the dude. People were saying it then, the coach with the planting or the pot seeds or whatever the hell he was doing. Right. All that stuff. I mean, all of a sudden now, you know, since the, the flower talk, they're three and one, and I'm going like this, and I'm doing this, I'm going like, you know, he's mentally tough because he had that job taken from him in Alabama. He, he had to sit there and listen to everybody. And by the way, I'm going to make this point because we'll talk more about Howie in a second. I got to tell you, man, Howie Roseman – when I when I was covering the team from thirty thousand feet, Barrett, I looked down at it and I'm going like this: second rounder, and they moved up. No freaking way is that guy a second rounder. You know what? If you were to put him in the draft, this coming April draft, okay, 
I don't know if he's not at the back end of that first round now. I mean, right? <laughs> right? I mean, right? The guy's coming out. Would you not go like this right now? Oh no, question. hey man, I'm, I'm I might drop that guy down where Lamar was drafted. Well, look, look, Dan, look at look at look at the quarterbacks that are out right now. Look at look at last year's this this year's draft class. I don't believe that this draft class that's coming out right now is any is, is better than the draft class that's 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 playing right now. I mean, I think that it just doesn't make sense to move on from a guy that he's better than the guys that they're going to bring if they won't go draft. You know, you see Howie with his, you know, goggles or whatever. It is. <laughs> Looking at um, the two quarterbacks, you know, at, at, the, at the Pitt um, Carolina game, those two are not anywhere close to, to, to what you see Jalen Hurts is. No and I don't think they will ever be um, to the same caliber as Jalen right now. So why start all over? And if you're going to go out and get a quarterback like, you know, a rod or, or or you know or, or Russell you Wilson. Just, you don't know. You don't know they want to come here. So why even think about it? You know, go ahead and keep watering the grass you got here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Water this grass I, here. I, Let hey, that listen, grass grow. You got eleven, Barrett. You got eleven picks. Okay, and you've got to have a come to Jesus conversation in that front office with this. Okay, man. We only have to give the guy $3.6 million over the next two years. Think about what we can do with $50 million under the cap by building the team, more depth on the linebacker position, maybe a free and strong safety, maybe enough more help in the O-line, maybe some more help with a running back. How about a veteran wideout on the other side of Devontae Smith? I mean, there's so many things and so many things you can do once you solidify that quarterback position – and the more he plays, the more I think they're doing this. Hey, man, you know, I'm not even sure we draft a quarterback in the top three picks now. Maybe we do it four, five, and six. And by the end of the year, they may be saying this. We don't have to draft a quarterback. You think this team's a playoff team? Ah, da, da. I think, you know, if they'd had this identity earlier on, we'd be having a whole, we'd have a whole different conversation on, 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 on what the draft is. Cause I mean, all right. I, I'm not really still sold on, on Howie and his ability as a talent evaluator. I think he needs to, you know, listen more to football guys. But I will say this. He hit it right in his, you know, the first two picks in this last draft, you know, with the two Alabama guys. Because I was like, why are they going out and getting Landon Dickerson when they don't have a safety? I didn't know what they were going to do in free agency. And, and, and we don't have a linebacker. So with these three picks – you can definitely go and change the outlook of your defense. You can go get a, a, a turnkey defense that'll be yours for the next 10 years going because you can get impact players at key position. That's about, oh, how about a rush in? Yeah. How about a linebacker and maybe a safety or a cornerback? These are guys that can come in and make an instant impact right now. You've missed a lot, but this is, this is I mean, the top three picks, you got to make sure these three first-round draft choices that you go with the defensive side of the ball and solidify this defense. You have to do it, man. You have to get some defenders in there that can come in and be game changers. You know, look what Dallas did. Dallas, the past two years, has solidified their defense, man. And, 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 and you know, with, with, you know, Parsons, you know, Diggs, they invested in the defensive side of the ball. Their entire draft last year was defense. We have to do the same. We have to get some defenders in here because they have they, – they signed two guys that they should have signed. And that's T.J. Edwards, who changed the outlook on how you play the linebacker position in Philly these last four games. And also Avante Maddox. You can now go out there and blitz now because, Avante, you're not scared on third down. 
that, you know, he's going to get beat over the top or Nelson or, or Slade's going to get beat over the top. When you have guys like that, use them the right way, you will be good, man. And they need to go out there and do that. They have to go get some impact defenders. Do you, do you move off of Fletcher Cox in the offseason? Highest paid guy, highest paid guy, starting to age. By the way, remember the Richard Seymour deal that when Belichick was up in New England, he still had Pro Bowl years in Oakland with the yes, Raiders he when they yes, moved he him out there. But what you're trying to do is maybe you pay for some of the money when you ship them so that you can get a third or second rounder because you can negotiate that, Barrett, as you know. You take Barrett, you give us a three, we'll pay 25% of his salary. You're going to be 50 under the cap. You get that third pick, you got yourself another premium pick. Is that something you think they're thinking about in the offseason? He they is have the highest to. paid eagle. They have to. They they have to think about that and consider that. And you know, and it's it is not just I mean, I understand he's still, you know, he, he's still as he's still an officer coordinator. Yeah. As an officer coordinator, you have to figure out where he's gonna be at. So when yep. you're when you got your game plan, you have to figure out where Cox is. But is he that dynamic player that he was before? No, he's not. He's gotten a little older. But does he have value now? Yes, I think his value outside of the locker room is more value than in inside of the locker room. His value can get you more to accomplish more long-term as opposed to the right now. Yes, I do see that happening. I do see him as a guy that they're going to, you know, flip in the in the, in the um, offseason. And, and by all rights, they should, because he understands it's a business. And it's a what have you done for me lately, Lee. And the stats right now aren't reflective on who he is as a player. But you can get more worth. You can get your money's worth from him right now. And the way he's playing right now, that it'll it'll far it'll be far greater than what you'll have in you know in the future with him being on this team. Period. You know, you Barrett, you brought up Howie, and let me throw this at you here. You're right. You know, I said the same thing a couple weeks ago, but then I started writing this down. So he makes the move to get Darius Slay last year. Big play Slay. He was the highest, according to Pro Football Focus last week. He was the highest graded NFL player last week in the league. Wow. He brings him in. He he gives a contract extension to Sweat, to Goddard, to Malata, to Edwards. That 2018 draft is looking good. Did he miss on this Rieger kid? That kid stinks. I mean, he's <laughs> he's just terrible, man. But you start looking at and then and then the Jalen Hurts deal too. You know, I, I know everyone looks at him. And by the way, I'm not going to throw rose petals at the guy's feet, but he is rebuilding the team. 50 under the cap next year projected, or 21 right now, 11 picks, the Slay move, the Hurts move, the resigning and reinvesting. You mentioned the Steelers. One of the greatest things about the Steelers is this. They've had three head football coaches since 1969. Yep. That's it. And they invest in their own guys, Barrett. Yep. They always try to get to – an athlete in the NFL's biggest dream is to get to his second contract. Yep. Once you get to your second contract, that's money in the bank for you, man. So, I mean, how how do you look at him? Is he is he is he changing your opinion a little bit here? Because again, like you said, there have been numerous misses, but he is rebuilding the team on the fly. They're in the hunt for a playoff spot. He may have found his quarterback. That slave move looks like it's really panning out. I, I mean, well, you I know, know, I if never had a, my mind or not. I don't know what I, I sound like. I'm a Howie guy now. Right. Well, you know what? I I I, I never thought of Howie being a bad GM because I don't look at him as being a GM. I think he's a numbers guy. He's great at numbers. He's great at manipulating the salary cap. He had people here that would help him out as far as, you know, who he needs to pick. He needs to rely more on, 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 
on guys like, you know, that are scouts. You know, Andy Waddle, he's under that same, you know, Ravens, um, uh, you know, tutelage, you know. He he can he he's he's a great evaluator of talent. And as he goes farther and farther and start listening to Andy more, I think they'll have more and more um picks that would help this team out. But him as far as being an evaluator, let the guys do what they do. You do yeah. what you do, let the other guys do what they do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I've never had a bad I, I I didn't think he was bad. I didn't think he was bad. I think he's great at what he does. You think but, he gets in the way of his people? Yes. Yes. Okay. Now that's 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 definitely you know, and, and sometimes you think a little too highly of yourself. That'd be like me saying, "All right, I'm gonna go out." And, you know, if I was a talent evaluator, I can evaluate talent. I've been, I played against some of the greatest players in the world. I can see a guy's potential, you know, a little better than maybe he can see it. But there's no way in the hell I go in there and think that I can evaluate a cap or tell if we do this, this is gonna happen. We're gonna bring this and this. I I, I can't do that. But he's a master at that. So let him do what he does best. And rely more on the opinions of, of people who understand a little more about athleticism, potential, um, you know what I'm saying, uh, the attributes that make him a great player and how he's going to equate to long term on this team. You know, let other let others do that. Absolutely. That's the only thing I say. Yep. Absolutely. The, 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 the Giants game is around the corner. I want to get Barrett's thoughts on that. Uh, Nick Sirianni and his development. Jonathan Gannon on the other side of the ball. Big I, was, well, I want to talk to you about, man, Jonathan Gannon, man. We're going to do that next. Big <laughs> Sills is in for Harry Mace here with Baird Brooks. You keep it right here on the middle. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. 
Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Go for it. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. The Midnight Tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back to the middle. Big Seals in for Harry Mays. And... My wife says this all the time. Anybody who plays 10-plus years in the NFL is an instant Hall of Famer to her. So my, my, my guy here, Garrett Brooks in here. Yeah, my, my wife, uh, when I told her that Ed Jones played like 19 years, she goes, <laughs> he played 19 years? I said, man, I go, I, I'm going to tell you, man, he is one of my favorite people I've ever seen. And when you get next to a guy like that, Barrett, you just follow his routine. He used to come in. 135, get his ankles taped, go lotion up, get himself all ready, put the bank gay on, have his pads on at 245, getting everything was meticulous, man. Yep, it was yep. the same thing. And I tell young guys this all the time find a 10 year vet in the locker room, watch what that guy does. You want to know how to be a pro? And I tell people this one of my biggest failures was thinking that I knew and I didn't know crap when I got to the league. You need to be like Teflon and just go to those guys. Do the Eagles have enough guys in that locker room for all the new players that they've brought in to really go through this journey? Because as you know, Barrett, having success and then learning to play with success and expectations, they saw a little bit of that last week, didn't they, against the Saints where they let that team back in because they didn't really know how to step on the gas pedal, stay on the gas pedal and finish them off. And that game got kind of interesting a little bit in the beginning of the fourth quarter. Is there enough leadership on that team to get them through the finish line here? No, I, I, no, I, I don't think that there is, um, especially in the wide receiver room. I think they need that veteran player to really show them what it is to be a wide receiver because I think they like – even though Smith came in a lot polished than most wide receivers – they don't really have the, a sense of how to really run routes the way I've seen pros do it. And I play with, you know, Irvin Fryer. It's about a guy that does things the right way. He did things the right way because I caught him later in his career after he had left Miami. And talking about a consummate pro, he'd come in early. He'd lift early. He, 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 he you know, just like you said, he'd go in the treatment room. You know, he'd smell just like Ben Gay for, you know, an hour before he even go out to, you know, practice. He would do the little things. He would eat the right things, you know. I had guys like that, you know, that helped me out. That's why I played 12 years because I had a guy like Guy McIntyre who played left guard 
and, and Riley McKenzie, who played center. He was one of the original hogs for Washington. Guy McIntyre played in all those Super Bowls that the 49ers played in. You know, I had guys like that. They come in, and I can remember I used to have to, you know, as a rookie, I had to buy, you know, everybody's sandwiches and everything. <laughs> and so I had to go get cheesesteak sandwiches, breakfast cheesesteaks, all that stuff uh, from in the morning. And, and guys like Guy Mack, who'd been in the league like 10 years, and Riley McKenzie's been in the league like 10 years, they didn't want they didn't want cheesesteaks. I had to get them fresh fruit, maybe a bagel here and there, because they were taking care of their bodies. They go in, they do the little things, get in a sauna, you know, and, and they don't have that necessarily at key positions, like the wide receiver room, where they're the youngest out of anybody. You can't tell me that, you know, at this point you have a guy that – in, in that locker room who knows how to really run routes, like little things that I know about watching. Cause I, I worked in NFL films for, for five or six years. And I learned from guys, you know, that they brought in how you do it. You know, just like when you're, when you're a wide receiver and you're running a route and you're looking at the DB, you look him square in his eyes when you run out. So if you run full speed at him and you keep your eyes on him, he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what route you're going to run or what way you're going to go. Or like if you're running a route and you kind of lean into him a little bit, and once you lean into them, you come off your break, and that creates separation. They don't have a guy to really teach them that. You know, Greg Ward Jr. is the elder statesman in there, and he doesn't know. He just really started playing the wide receiver position. So they need that guy to come in and be, you know, a, a, a voice for them to, to, to have them learn. You know, yeah, we know Nick Sarian is a, a wide receiver coach, but is he there to really show them and teach them how to run routes and they could see it every day? Say what you want to say. You need to have somebody in there that can really help you and, and teach you to learn routes, give you little hints on what you need to do. And those little things will start, you know, becoming big plays if they really know how to do it. I think I don't think Jalen Rager knows how to be a receiver yet. I don't think he knows how to be a return man. He's yet. awful at coming back to the ball, fighting yep. for it. I mean, he's he to me, you know what it is, Barrett? When I watch him play, it just looks to me like he doesn't work hard enough at the position where ah, da, da. I need. Yes, Hitting off right. the line of scrimmage. If if they play man on him and they jam him at the line of scrimmage, he's out. He's out, man. Yep. And th- look, when you got a first rounder taking punt returns and kickoff returns, you know he's a bust. Everyone <laughs> on that sideline goes like this. It's 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 like when you draft a left tackle out of college, right? And all of a sudden he's playing right guard. You're right. going like this. Okay, well, we didn't draft him for that, okay? That's not what we drafted that guy for, man. He's right. playing right guard. You're like this. Hey, man, I don't know, man. I mean, and and, and believe me, what I'm telling I, I just – I watch him. I'm like, this kid Watkins, he fights. He yep. wants to be there. He's an over-the-top kind of guy that can knock a cover off a of defense. I mean – Well, because he had guys- to work for it. He wasn't given anything. Big Seal, that's exactly right, man, because he had to earn it the hard way. He wasn't even supposed to be on this roster. They had a guy that they drafted in front of him that they were going to play him, but he he worked his way into position to be on the field. Like J. George, you know, um, he was given the position and, and, and lost it to a guy that, you know, shouldn't have been on the team. You know, Watkins worked his way into the position he's in right now to be the second receiver on this team. J.J. was given it, and he just didn't know what to do with it. Jalen Rager was given it and still didn't know what to do with it because they didn't really have to work for it. Guys like that work for it. Greg Ward Jr. work for it. When you're, when you're in a position where you're making a team every year as opposed to being given to you, you're going to work a little harder. And that might be the biggest thing. Man. That's, a, that's a true reality that I really didn't think of, that he was just giving it to it and he didn't have oh, to yeah. work for it, so he doesn't know how to be that receiver. This is what I tell people, and I've had this conversation with Larry Allen before. 
So Larry Allen was a 12th round draft choice at a humble state in California somewhere yeah. that no one ever heard of. And this guy turned out to be, in my opinion, I, I don't know what your opinion is of him, but I think he's the greatest offensive lineman I have ever seen. And a 700 pound bencher, when that guy gets his hands on you, it is freaking over. He, he makes was, you disappear from the screen. <laughs> dude, he, and by the way, he's right. He's a sun blocker too, man. That dude stands in front of you. You're like, holy shit, that guy is amazing <laughs> looking and he can play. And you know what he said, man? He goes, you know, they drafted guys ahead of me. They had guys that were, you know, second and third rounders. Those guys were all going to get the reps. Every rep that I had to have had the matter for me to be able right. to turn the heads because – but that's also something that's built into the process, isn't it, Barrett, that when every rep matters – see, when you're Rieger and you're a first rounder, you drop the ball, you run a crappy route, hey, you know what, I'll get another rep. When you're yep. one of those guys like Watkins – that doesn't have that very many reps and don't have those opportunities, you got to be meticulous in every single thing that you do. They have that mentality in New England. Whether you're a seventh rounder or whether you're a first rounder, every rep matters because you're evaluated. I and the sky doesn't lie. We were always told that, you know? Yep. I mean, exactly. You always I think there's performing. always something about those guys that were taking three and down. You know what I mean? Yep. That worked yep. hard, that really wanted to make a roster. Well, you know what? And me, me I, I had to play with a chip on my shoulder because they drafted me to be a, the starting left guard. But I ended up playing left tackle because Bernard Williams couldn't stop smoking weed. So I went from being – I played tackle in college. I went from being the starting right guard – I mean, a left guard, and they moved me to tackle. And I trained to be the left tackle the entire time – I mean, left guard the entire time. Then they moved me back to tackle. So I always felt as though I was behind the buck. And they tried to replace me every single year I was there. So I started my rookie year. The next year they draft, um, they draft, uh, uh, what was his name, Jermaine Mayberry, to take my position. I fight him off, start left tackle. The next year they come in, they bring in Steve Wallace. I fought off Steve Wallace. It wasn't until they brought in Big Trey. Trey came in and, and took all that. You know, what I mean? you know what I'm another legendary player, <laughs> right? Man. Exactly. They, Big Trey came in. You know, it was like, hey, from that point on, he was a star left tackle. So I went up there. I beat out the, the the starting right tackle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I couldn't beat out Big Trey, but I went out and, and I started a right tackle. I always had to fight for it, and 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 I started six years of my career. In my last six, I rode the bench. You know, I was the sixth man off the bench, but I never I never felt as though I had the entitlement of not working hard. Never, even at a second round pick, I was always fighting to get ahead, man. And and that's that's the reason why I played as long as I played because. I didn't have the luxury of just sitting back. All right, I know I'll get another rep. I didn't have that luxury. Man, I was always you. fighting in training camp trying to make the squad, bro. <laughs> I tell people this all the time. Only 29,000 men have ever played in the National Football League from 1920. Wow. And there's only 16,000 of us alive today. And for you to play 10-plus years, bro, that is freaking unbelievable. And I tell everybody, you play, you practice 1,000 hours to play one game. Yeah. <laughs> just, just just remember that you you practice a thousand hours to play one game you mentioned Jonathan Gannon let's get over on that side of the ball um what's your take on him first from an offensive perspective I'll give you mine as a defensive guy you know from an offensive perspective I don't think he called he calls a, a, a game in which he's dictating tempo hmm. you know you have to dictate tempo when you're a defense that's what you know you know you you can't be behind the buck all the time. And I feel it feel as though, you know, for the first first six, seven games, he was behind the buck because he was he was playing a play behind 
the offense. And he did, you know, you 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 got to initiate what you want them to do. You know, you have to initiate how you want the game to be played. Because if you have your players playing passive, if you're thinking passive and you're calling a passive game, the players take on your identity. So now they're playing passive. They're playing not to get beat instead of going out there and playing to dominate. You can't play to get beat. You have to play to dominate. And when you have guys that can dominate and the personnel packages that he has, he can definitely play dominant. He has three cornerbacks that can play bump and run. He has three cornerbacks that I feel as though they can line up against any receiver in the league and have some success. But he also has some guys up front that could rush the passer if you give him that opportunity. If you play him, you know, eight yards back, it doesn't matter what defensive line you have out there. They're not going to have no time when the team just goes out and throws out routes or stop routes because the ball's on so fast, and that's six, seven yards. And, 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 and no matter how much um, – blitzing you do or, or pass rushing you do, you can't get there. If you just, you know, quarterback just said one, two, boom, the ball's out of his hands, you can't get there fast enough. He has to call more aggressive game. Once he plays a more aggressive game and use the personnel that he has, he could be a pretty good uh, defensive coordinator. But he talked the talk when he was, you know, when he first got here. Oh, I'm going to have you know, multiple sets. I'm going to dictate tempo. I'm going to be very, very aggressive. And he didn't do any of that for the first seven, eight weeks. Now he's starting to do it, and it's starting to reap the benefits of it. You know, uh, here, here's 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 how I look at this thing with him. I saw at the beginning of the season just way too much catching and reaching. Okay, yes. and that goes kind of what you were saying because it was too complex in the fact that you heard Fletcher even complaining about, I'm not a freaking two-gapper. I'm a guy that's a one-gap technique guy that's going to dominate one side of the ball here, and I'm going to get in the backfield and create havoc. Penetration yep. kills offensive linemen. You want, you, I, I'll tell you a great trick that Jerry Ball and Michael Carter and all those guys used to do. Barrett knows this. When a guy's lined up on me and I'm saying I'm on a three technique and he's trying to reach me and then scoop up on the linebacker, he gets his head front side. That's the perfect block for him. But you know what I would do with what Jerome Brown and I used to do? We used to let him do that, run around the block, make the tackle behind, and all of a sudden I got Barrett going like this. Man, this mother's going to just come behind me now. He ain't playing technique. So it's going to put him on his heels when you put an offensive lineman going, well, he ain't trying to get front side. He's just trying to get penetration on me. That slows that reach and scoop down a little bit on yep. you. When you're telling these guys you got to be in a three technique, a one technique, and a seven technique, or some of these crazy now nine techniques that they have with those wide ends now, you're sitting there going like this to the guy, okay, well, he's going to run around a block. If I go too flat in my step, he's going to come around that block and make that play, come off my backside, and that center's not going to be able to scoop up on me. Ain't it disguises, Barrett. I mean, at the beginning of the year, they were so predictable. I'm sitting there watching the game with my wife. I'm going like, Dude, this guy's just gonna play zone coverage like this and not right. have that <laughs> not have that Baltimore walk up. You know what I love what the Ravens used to do with Ed and um and Ray? They would sit there in a group right there before the um the, the snap of the ball. Then they would spread out to their um to their assignments and they would move around all the time because you know the quarterback is trying to identify the strong or the free safety. He's trying to find that cover two linebacker, and you're sitting here going like this. And then all of a sudden, right at that five-second mark when he sets the O-line, these guys moved. There was none of that. It was so predictable. I think what they started the off in, yeah, what they started off in, they stayed in. That's yeah, too and, easy to block. And, and, and I was sitting here going, 
bro, you can't do that. You do that shit in college. You can't do that in the pros. These guys are too smart. It becomes predictable. I think over the last couple weeks, we're starting to see more penetration. I, I couldn't believe what I was watching last week. They were blitzing on the Saints. Yeah. I saw more guys coming in. Um, you see that on the outside? They blitzed on it. looked like they were going to blitz on the outside. And yeah. then they dropped off the snap of ball, and that's when um, uh, 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 they the, the blitzed Singleton right up the middle. I'm like, that's exactly what you do. And I played against that Sarah Goosa, uh, Ray Lewis. Man, that defense, they were so – and Ed Reed, those guys, they – they were so non-conventional. Like you said, they would sit there in the huddle. We get to the line, and as an offensive line, you're you're taught. All right, first you gotta find the mic. Once you find the mic linebacker, yeah, you can set your protection. And when you set your protection off the mic linebacker, you might not always have the mic. The running back might have the mic, but you gotta let him know where the mic is first, and then all the other positions, you know, unfold after that. Well, they be sitting there, and we're just sitting like, all right, waiting to find the mic. We're like, down, set, and we're like. When are they gonna do it? And all of a sudden, hut, they boom, they break out, and it's you, you don't know who to block. You had so much indecision. Well, when it, and early in the season, John again have the guys just sitting there. First of all, they'd be lined off eight yards off the ball, <laughs> and then they'd be sitting right there. So a guy like Tom Brady comes up, it just can't be this easy. I mean, if you're gonna give me seven yards, I ain't even gotta work for it. I'm gonna take it. And that's exactly what he was doing. Oops, there's seven. Oops. There's notch. Oh, there's and, – and and you just own your heels the entire time. And, and it impacted the run game. And, Barrett, I try telling people when you're catching and chasing, you're, you're, you're back like this. The offensive lineman is pushing you back, which means now you're in, you're in the scrape lane of the linebacker. You've moved the entire offensive line up at least two yards. So before the guy even gets the ball, the running back – this guy's got a two and a half yard head start. Right. Of course, you're going to be at four four yards of carry. You get four yards of carry, the game's over. Well, okay. yeah. Four yards of carry, you're third and short, and you're in a nightmare the entire game. And that's kind of what I saw. Do I think he's evolving? This is the one thing that I like about this coaching staff. You know, they saw all these deficiencies, Barrett, that they were doing at the beginning of the year. And as a player, I appreciate people listening. And changing. Yes. And they change. And for me, as a player, I'm in that locker room going, okay, well, they see the same shit we see on. on <laughs> right. Okay. We all see it. We all, we see, all it. see it. And, you know, we can't <laughs> hide. But you know this. How many times have you played for a coach, though, that tries to take that round peg and jam it into a square hole? And you're sitting there going, dude, this is not going to work, man. You don't play it's for them long. Gonna work. You don't play for them long because they're out of there. You know, that's, and that's exactly what happened to Chip Kelly. He thought that he can come in with this new innovation and keep running the same thing over and over again. Does he not understand that defensive coordinators get paid millions of dollars to stop this stuff? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're going to find a way to stop it. Can you evolve? And I think that's the best thing, you know, as far as what you see with uh, the defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, and and you know the head coach. Both both guys, like on the offensive side of the ball, Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni are lifting as they're climbing. They're lifting each other up and they're yeah. climbing up together. You know, they're both going hand in hand. They're going up as the offense is evolving. Hertz is evolving because again, it's a, um, because a Sirian is evolving. And as they're evolving together, it's starting to work. Now they're seeing what works, what doesn't work, what they can do, what they can't do. And that progression is, is, is going hand in hand with the team. They're seeing it also, you know, he figured, Anna figured out, all right, if I got to play, I, I got the personnel package 
that I can go play tighter on these guys. These guys are pretty good at, 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 at playing cornerback. Well, let me use them a little bit. So he started doing that. Let's say, all right, then I got TJ Edwards sitting here. I got this guy, Wilson, we paid all this money for, you know, it's supposed to be a, a great free agent acquisition. He literally sucks. So I'm not going to play him anymore. So he, he benched him and eventually cut him. And I was like, I'm glad that they did that because he had me fooled, man. Wilson had me fooled. He was talking about some, you know, when at the beginning of the year, oh, man, I did everything. You know, I'm taking taekwondo and ninjutsu and all this stuff. You know, I'm Great. I'm not eating meat anymore. Play? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on a vegetarian diet now. I don't, I don't eat anything but, you know, things from the earth. You know, bruh. Halfway about halfway, you know, through the first game, I'm like, look, he better go eat some meat or something, man, because he is just not a tough guy, bro. He is. Not, I'm like, damn, why did they let Wilson go, man? He played pretty well at um, Minnesota. Minnesota saw it. They saw it. They were like, no, nah, we got to get him out of here. And he was like, he was like one of the worst linebackers I've seen play. He had no aggressiveness, no, you know, nature as far as being somebody's going to initiate contact. It was, it was horrible, man. It was horrible for a little bit. Let, let me let me say this, man. I tell people this all the time when you play defense. Defense is an attitude. It's it's not a position. Right. You, you, you got you, hey, remember this, it's four against five, man. So you gotta be willing right. to get in there with them big horses in there. You know, they, they got rid of kind of the nose guard position because I used to come up there line of scrimmage. Oh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. 
Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. <laughs> hey, appreciate everybody coming aboard. By the way, hit that like button, too. We really appreciate when you do that. My show a little bit later on, the National Football Show, Ed Ogeron's going to step in with us. And Bro, you always get the great guests, man. I want to know what the hell. Hey, you know he's making $9.5 million this year? And you want to hear, hey, Barrett, they gave him $27 bucks out the door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the wrong thing, man. <laughs> That's what I said. I went like this. Wait a minute. I go, you got, you're going to get, yeah, and they're going to give it to me in six installments. And I went, I know, I know him because he was a coach at Miami, University of Miami for like 11 years, D-line coach. Right, right, right. He coached sapping them dudes. And so yep. I was like, okay, I go, what happened? So from what I found out was he was chasing too much tail after he got divorced down there. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're, we're going to have him a little bit later on, man. I want to get. That must, be, that must be what they do in uh, LSU, man, because um, <laughs> the other coach got, you know, in fact, it caught up to him when he went to um, Kansas. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right. Les Miles, man. Les caught Miles. up to him when he was at. <laughs> hey, hey, real quick. Um, can this thing be set up any better right now for the Eagles at the chaos that's going on in New York? I mean, Bro. they fire Jason Garrett. Now you've got that team rolling in to play the Giants. Um, I mean, to play the Eagles. Then you've got the sorry-ass Jets on the other side of this. Who would have thought we could be talking about a 7-6 and six football team? It's crazy that, you know, the way it's unfolded. Yeah, they went through they they went through the ringer, you know, the first couple of games. They had some quality teams in the first half of the season. Well, now they get a break, man, but they just can't think of it as a break. They got to right. go out there, and they can do it, man. This this is very easily, a, 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 you know, a, a, a gauntlet of teams in which as long as you play your game, you can dictate tempo to these teams. You can beat these teams. I mean, both of, their, both of uh, Washington football teams' defensive ends, star defensive ends, Montez Sweat ran a 4-3-40 coming out of college. You know, you got, you know, Chase, the number one player in the draft, you know, coming out. You know, he's gone right now. It's set up perfect. They don't have a quarterback. Heineke is playing okay, but, you know, this nothing compared to what they've been facing before. This is, you know, this is built for them to have success, man. They just got to go out and take a hold of it, but they have the right guy at quarterback because he's going to keep himself – and the deep offense focus, and as long as Gannon calls a, a, um, an aggressive game, they could win. They could win out, actually. They could actually win out uh, going be, forward. And that's, then Sirianni would be the coach of the year if he ended up doing that. No I mean, let me say this to you. Barrett, you've been in the league so long. Have you ever seen the NFL so competitive as it no. is right now where you're, you're watching teams like Washington – knock off like the Buccaneers and then take out Cam and you, you you watch Jets win or the Jags win and you're watching these teams like you said don't go to sleep on any given Sunday and I hate to use that phrase from that movie but it's so true right now that it's such a sliver of I mean who's the best team in the NFL right now maybe the Packers I don't know they just maybe. dropped one I, I'm, like, the, I'm like have you ever Cardinals, seen it competitive maybe. Cardinals maybe right it's all this. a maybe man the parody is is ridiculous right now the parody in the league is ridiculous this makes great football man you you, you can't sit back and, and 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 miss I hate to be a I'm not a betting guy but I'd hate to be a betting guy because you lose your ass off man just because <laughs> you don't know what's going on any given Sunday man 
Absolutely. Okay, so I'm a pecan pie guy. Who? Are, what kind of dessert are you? Pecan pie is my absolute favorite, bro. My absolute oh, man. favorite, man. Little That's ice favorite, cream bro. on that thing, and then you put a little whip on it on there, man. Can't wait, man. In fact, oh my I'm, god, I can't. Wife is down there fixing it right now, man. She's cooking a couple right now. I'm gonna have my fair share tonight. Even I'm gonna try that taco technique. <laughs> Hey, man, it was fun doing this with you Definitely, guys. we really doing an hour today, man. We got to do this again, man. It was so much fun. Man, anytime, man. Anytime you need me on the show, you know you can just call me, bro. But, hey, look at it, man. D-line, O-line, we know what goes on for real, for real. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, I, hey, follow me on Twitter. I'll follow you back, man. Oh, no question. Let's make it happen. Let me do Let's it right make now. Let's it happen, man. We're going to do it right now. Hey, Barrett, I'll catch you. Have a great Thanksgiving. You too, man. Have a great Thanksgiving. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz & Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz & Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.